but yeah, no, I, um, I, I'm really glad that we could catch up today and, and talk. And I, I figured that the way I would do this podcast is just a little differently. Um, okay. and just, um, have, you know, do the introduction and then have you, um, just kind of tell your background for those who don't know, um, our parents, uh, or sorry, our audience, our parents, uh, players from youth, uh, as young as I would say eighth grade on up to pro. Um, we have in college as well, college athletes. And then, um, we have the enthusiasts, um, other coaches listening and business entrepreneurs that just like leadership and learning from people who are successful um, and are good at coaching as well because they want to get better at it. I think it's um, success principles are universal, yeah. you know, um, sure. but that that's our audience that we're speaking to. Um, did you have a chance to listen to any of the podcasts? I did. I did. Yeah. Which ones? I listened to, uh, is it Omar? Om, Om, yeah. Uh, Omar. Omar. Yes, Dalo, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that was really good. And I haven't had a chance to listen to uh, to Roy Carroll yet, but of course love I will. It. But yeah, you love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Omar is uh, a, he's got an awesome story. Um, he's very humble, but the fact that he's been evicted, he was evicted like and moving every year and a half mm-hmm. of his life. I just that's that's a lot on a kid, you know. Oh yeah. And to keep the perspective. I don't think many people have a positive perspective. I think they come in entitled and, and as professional athletes to a certain extent, you know, a lot, of, I think it's a good mix, you know, right, right. The, hum, the I, I gravitate towards the humble ones. <laughs> if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Well, you always, you know, as a coach, you know, I always tell kids this, you know, for example, when they're going to college for their first year, you know, well, Evie, what do I do? I'm going to college, you know, well, you know, you're the first out there, you know, you pick up the balls, you pick up the cones, you keep your mouth shut, you keep your eyes open and, and you learn, you know, and uh, you, you watch what's going on around you and, you know, you, you try to fit in, but you maintain your own personal values and um, you know, your first year, your second year, you know, what the coach tells you to do, that's what you do, you know, your junior and senior year, you still do what the coach tells you to do in public. But if you have a question, you go to their office and say, coach, I have a question about this, you know, and, um, and, you know, most of the time it works, but these are the areas that will serve you not only while you're playing, but more importantly, after you're finished playing and you're, you're in the, you know, the real world that everybody talks about. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that I think young players and young people don't get is, and you, you get to my age and the Gandalf will go keeping his base basically because I'm an old guy. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you get to my age and you I realize see the beard that, over there. You're huh? your Gandalf yeah. beard. You're growing it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, the fun part is the journey you know, and you don't, you know, and it's the, it's the everyday work, um, you know, and it, everybody's got goals and everybody's trying to get to a certain point. But, you know, when you talk to anybody who's achieved most anything in life and when they get older, they, you know, they enjoy the journey to get there. You know, it's yeah. great to get there. Everybody loves that. But I mean, you know, their memories, their, you know, are really uh, most of the time of the journey and, the hard times along the journey and getting over them, 
you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, and you can, you can kind of boil that down to goalkeeper training and, and, you know, working with goalkeepers and, and, you know, I've always thought that a, and I don't know much about baseball, but I've always thought to being a, a goalkeeper coach would be like being a pitcher's coach, you know, you're keeping them sharp, you know, and you're, yeah. you're talk you're interacting with them to figure out what's best for them on that certain day. While at the same time, you're keeping sort of a, a an eye on the horizon of where you want to get to with them and where you want to get to with the team. And, um, and some days it works and there, and some days it doesn't. And you just, at the end of the day, you hope there's more days that work than don't, you know, um, but you know, that's, that's, I would guess the, you know, what, the basis of my coaching has always been that, you know, somebody asked me last year at a podcast, it's like, well, how do you, you know, you're coaching goalkeepers. How do you, or coaching players, how do you uh, rate, you know, how do you know if you've done a good job? And my answer was, and I've thought this all along, you know, if I've done a good job, I get invited to their wedding. Mm. You know, if I haven't, if mm. I haven't done a good job, I probably don't, you know, um, luckily I've been to a lot of weddings, which has been great, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but, but some I haven't been, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, that, and that's just part of it, you know, um, cause you, you can't just like in life, you can't be successful with everything you do, but you, you try to, you try to get more than you, you know, than, than you, than you fail. So. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm reading or finishing reading this book called the, uh, the energy bus by John Gordon. Are you familiar with John Gordon, the writer? I am not. It's he's really he talks a lot about team building and um, a lot of coaches recommend his books. Um, he talks about just different things, how to handle the locker room and so forth. But um, one of the biggest things I think is uh, that I was uh, amazed, but that what you just said reminded me of he, he's struggling um, in the corporate America and getting people to listen and mm -hmm. getting people to do their job or, uh, and not be energy vampires, if you would. And, um, the person that's mentoring them in the book, uh, tells him, uh, hands him a rock and says, I want you to keep this with you always. And he goes, why? And he goes, I want you to find the value in it. And he's like, it's a rock. How right. do you find the value in a rock? And he goes, or, or the, the mentor said to him, well, if you can find the value in a rock, you can find the value in everybody. Right. And in that rock may be a diamond. Yeah. In that, in that rock may be gold mm -hmm. and it's your job to draw it out as a coach. And I think it's, you know, what you said, if you get, I think it's true. Like if you get invited to a wedding, it's because you drew out so much of that greatness that they didn't even know that was a thin them that you saw the value in them before they did. How do you not appreciate that on a day that you're excited about joining your life with somebody else? you want the people that brought the best out of you, not the people that steal from you, you know, sure, or put sure. you down. And I think, sure. I think that's, that's a huge testimony to who you are as a person and every, and, and everything a lot of people have said, <laughs> I've heard good things from Stan and other people yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Well, all those, I mean, I, you know, the goalkeeping fraternity or society, as you know, is very small. And everybody knows everybody or knows of everybody. And, yeah. um, you know, and so you've, you, it's, it's nice to be, you know, recognized and liked by everybody, but you, you, you know, 
you, you never want to do anything in life where you're sacrificing, you know, your own values and what you believe is the right way. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you always have to be willing to a stand up for what you believe and B, if it's not proper, then you know what, move, move on, go someplace else, you know, where, and, and you know, again, that's not always easy, but those are, those are kind of the hard times you look back on and say, yeah, that was part of the journey. And, you know, that was a challenge, but I overcame it and, you know, I'm the better for it. I learned a lot during that tough time. Um, and, uh, and everybody goes through it, you know, and it's just part of, it's part of living, but it's also part of the, the, the occupation that we have. Yeah. It is. And I think too, I, you know, I think it's funny you said it, it's small because it is small, but like, I don't know about you, but I, I always catch myself. I'm like, oh, it's such a big community. It's such a big community. And then I find myself going, no, it's such a small community. <laughs> like, yes. you know, yeah. but I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's so important. Like you said, you know, to, to remember your character and your values, um, um, more, I, I, I think, in in moments where you're tested um it really reveals who you truly are i mean i think it's one way to to pretend to be like a character but um when you're really tested or somebody's done you wrong how you approach them really reveals your ulterior motive um and i think that's um one of the biggest things that i notice as more professionals entrust me with friendship and so forth, I find myself valuing, like I've always valued relationships, but I find myself valuing it at a even more heightened awareness and level than I ever have. And I think, um, I think it's so important that we, we never get comfortable, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's an old saying, there's many ways up Everest, right? And, <laughs> and what you, what you're trying to do is find the one that doesn't kill you. And, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong. Um, it doesn't mean, uh, I mean, there's things that, you know, there's things that everybody agrees you don't do. You That's know. true. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, but there, but, but like I say, depending upon who you're working with uh, or where you're trying to get to, you know, um, you have to be a little bit creative. And sometimes, again, sometimes the greatest, things that you do you probably didn't start out doing them that way but you know you figured out a way to that that, that worked for everybody and yeah. um and sometimes you know you head down the wrong path and you got to turn around and go back you know um you know because it's you know you quickly figure out uh this was not the right way to do it you know um it, but again i think if you particularly in coaching but i think in in leadership if you have an idea of where you want to get to and you have an idea of how to do it and you allow for mistakes and you allow for uh, rough times and you you care about the people that you're working with or trying to in quotes lead you know um then i think you'll be successful you know uh but if you if you are so single-minded that your way is the only way, it, particularly if you're, if you're trying to help people or lead people or, you know, create 
good goalkeepers or good pe- good young people. It, it, you have to have some leeway in there. You have to have some some knowledge that yeah, you know, it's not going to work the same for everybody. You know, it's not cookie cutter. It's individuals, and you have to allow for their differences. Um, you know, because everybody's not the same. Yeah. What is your, I mean, you've kind of answered it, but I I think we should, I think it's something that needs to, like the more perspective from the GK union, all of us goalkeepers can give on our opinion of of what I'm about to ask you. I think the, the more, because there's a lot of goalkeeping coaches and I think with social media, this is what I hate about social media <laughs> is that a lot of people are really good at social media, but they're mm-hmm. not good with character. And when you meet them, the social media doesn't line up with who they are. Like they advertise themselves, you know, um, as being the number one or the best or the whatever. And um, to me, I don't care how much, you know, I care how much you, you, you care. And I care about your integrity and your character more than your knowledge because anybody can learn anything or hire somebody to come in and teach them and then learn it and go apply it. But I think what sustains that through adversity is your character. Um, What are your thoughts on like kids and parents and even just the whole community um, when they're challenged with, oh, this is the number one person, this is the best person, don't go to that person or you know, that person doesn't know this. This is the only person. This is the God of goalkeeping. Right. Coaching. Like what are your, what's, what's your advice and thoughts on that? Like how to approach that as from, from every, from whether you're a parent, you're a coach, you're in the union player. You know, I've, I've always, uh, I've always encouraged parents or kids, particularly kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and I, when I'm coaching them, I say, listen, I don't have all the answers to goalkeeping. You know, I've been doing it a long time and I've seen what works and what doesn't work. And I try to throw out what doesn't work and I try to keep what works. But, you know, you as, and if you're speaking to kids, you as the goalkeeper have to figure out what works for you, you know, and you try to share this with parents. So the, as many different philosophies as you can get of the position and how to do things, that's, you know, again, knowledge is power. You have to, you have to be open to learning, but it doesn't mean that you have to try to do everything you learn. You know, um, uh, I, I was fortunate. I mean, you know, the, the way I learned to play goal was my dad was an airline pilot. And one of his roots was, this is back in the late sixties. You know, one of his roots was Mexico city. So on weekends, uh, I would fly down to Mexico City with him. And the gentleman that picked up the crew and took the crew to the hotel was a big Club America fan. And he, Fernando, uh, or sorry, Francisco, worked it at my new, you know, my dad told him, my son trying to be a goalkeeper, can we go watch games, you know? And Francisco, got us tickets, took us to Aztec stadium. You know, I got to go early and stand or watch, you know, stand behind the goal and watch the goalkeepers play and warm up. And then I would go back to Exeter, New Hampshire and try to do what I saw on my own. 
right? <laughs> this was way before goalkeeper coaches and, you know, I mean, this was, well, I told somebody, I told the kids this the other day. I said, when I played, when I played pros in 1978 and 79, you didn't have to wear shin guards. That's how old I am. Okay. And, and, and when I was playing, when I was playing in high school, you didn't have goalkeeper gloves, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, you, you know, and so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With some yeah. of these shots. I, ooh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, and you played with, you know, the, the, you know, you played quarters, right? I mean, it was like, you know, it's crazy if you compare it to today. But, you know, I guess the point of my story is I went and just watched as much as I could and tried to learn by seeing what these guys did. And then, you know, I would go try to get a book at the library and, and that kind of stuff and just study goalkeepers and study different whatever people said to do, I kind of did it, you know, yeah. and I figured out quickly what worked for me and what didn't work for me and incorporated that into my game. And so I always encourage parents and kids like, you know, just because I tell you to do something, try it. If it works, use it. If it doesn't work, you know, throw it out. I that's, that's fine. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to be as the best goalkeeper you can be, you're going to take a little bit of knowledge from everybody and sort of put it in your little ball of wax and go forward with it. You yeah. know, and uh, if it's, if it's worked for you, I mean, you know, it's, it's the old people used to say, I'm not, I'm not a golfer, but people used to say that Arnold Palmer had a, had, you know, his swing wasn't right. You know, well, it worked for Arnold Palmer and he was pretty good. You yeah. Know? So, you know, he figured out a way to make it work for him. I think it's like that in every sport, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. And, and in order to do that, you have to try a lot of different things. And in the goalkeeping uh, world, that means getting as many different goalkeeping philosophies as you possibly can uh, and seeing what works, you know, and apply it to your craft. And if it works great, if it doesn't for you, that's okay. Throw it out, you know, don't use it. Yeah. Know? Um, and you know, so that's what, you know, I, there's no, there's no set answers. There's no, uh, you know, there, there are basic, you know, we all know there are basic techniques to keep the player from getting hurt and when they land and diving and all that stuff. But, you know, for, I mean, a classic example is goal kicks. Everybody takes goal kicks a little different, you know, because yeah. you're tall or your foot's big or your foot's small, or you're not very tall. You're not very powerful. You got to figure out. How do you do it? How does it work for you? You know, um, and there's there's only one way to do that. You go out there and you experiment with it, and then one day it's going to hit. Oh, that works, and then you build on that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's um, that's so important. I think the I I only had oh gosh, I probably only had five five uh, goalkeeping coaches and all of them went pro um, one one was english um grew up through the newcastle program and to the reserve program um so i learned a lot of the english style and scottish um he did a lot with uh, germans and italians so i got a little bit of that it mixed in there and then the rest were american females that all went pro um right 
and uh, every single, and then one Australian, one Australian from that was on the Australian uh, national team. And uh, you're right, uh, you do learn, you do learn a lot, and you know, um, I, I, I I'm, you know, hindsight 2020. I remember one of them. She was from Wisconsin. She had this funny little thing she would do every time she'd punt. She'd like do like a bicycle motion you know, with both of her feet after she kicked the ball. Right. And I remember I would, I would copy every single one of them because I wanted to be just like them. And then I got to play where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is we, it? <laughs> you, were, you were experimenting. You were seeing yeah. what works best for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, this doesn't work. You know, I, I think the most popular one is like when I'm working with my kids and teach them volleys. And for me, um, like if I watch John, John drops a volley with two hands. Mm-hmm. If I do that, it just er- ergonomically does not work for me. I can't drop it with my right hand either. Right. I have to right. drop it with my left. Just, I, you know, one of my hips is a little higher than my right, you know, yeah. but yeah. that works great for him. I've tried all that and mine, you know, it's, you know, it, yeah. you're right. It's, it's whatever gets the job done and done well and, and exactly. consistently, right? You know, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, a classic example of that right now, the sidewinder is very popular. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hit a sidewinder. If you lined everybody in my family up against the wall and told me you're going to shoot them, they'd all die because I can't do it. I just can't do it. You know, I've tried it, you know, and I can hit the ball, but I have no idea where it's going, you know? Uh, and, you know, so, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, over time, yeah, you probably could learn how to do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I was playing, you either, you either punted out of your hands or you hit a half volley, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and so I got, I got to the point where I could hit a half volley pretty much wherever I wanted to. And, yeah. you know, that's what I went with, you know? So it's, you, you just have to figure out, you know, what stuff works for you and, and what stuff doesn't. And you, like you say, you've got to try them all and you've got to see if you can incorporate little bits and pieces of what you see that might work. And if it, again, if it works great, build on it. If it doesn't work, you know, throw it away, but be, you know, have enough humility to think or to understand you don't know everything and give it a try. And, it, yeah. and this might help you, you know, and it, and, and you mentioned as goalkeeper coaches, you know, with social media. Yeah. We, you know, those of us who say do it my way or don't do it that's that's not good you mm-hmm. know it's just not you know it's it's not diverse and in this this game like everything in life is diverse and yeah and yeah you know the microcosm of that is this position is diverse you have to figure out what works and what doesn't and and, we're, and, and there is no number one out there there's no. a lot of good people out there and we can all take something from everybody. That's correct. Not one person has all the right answers. That's correct. In and any it, aspect of life. That's yes. Yeah. 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 That is that is true. I, I think um if if we look at our inner circle, if we I know for me, when I lost my brother two and a half years ago, it became very apparent who was gonna stay in my inner circle and who wasn't. Mm-hmm who who really cared and i think there's so much value that we have to put on our associations but even more who we're letting speak into our minds every day whether we're a player or a coach or a parent um 
because it's going to influence us for the good or bad. And, you know, like something, um, John, one of my staff and my co-head who plays North Carolina, Sam, um, one of another pro that, uh, or two pros that um, John introduced me to, like Macklin Robinson and Tampa Bay Rowdy is in another guy named Nico who's going to go play in Italy pro or semi-pro. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've noticed being around them, but especially having Sam work with me is you, you that and, and John is that you have to level up to, you know, they, 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 um, you know, Roy Carroll said this is that when it, when he went into Manchester United, I said, what was the biggest leadership lesson you learned? He said, the expectation that you, we are going to win. Right. And it's not so much on the board, but in your attitude. And he's like, wow. Like it was just like, it was expected. And he was like, you know, my interpretation of that is when you walk in the door, it's like, yeah, we're going to win. But now it's like, no, we're going to win. You are a winner Mm -hmm. through and through. We are conquering there. There's no room for even thinking about a tie or a loss. We are going to win. We are excellence, excellence. And um, I've always associated with sharp people, but there's something different about that inner circle in the GK union, if you would, that has leveled me up. And I think it's so important because one of my business mentors told me this. He said that the people that you associate with, you become like, yes, but you also adopt their expectation on life. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. they accept mediocrity or they accept, um, you know, mm, I'll be excellent here, but you know, okay, here, you're going to adopt those same mentalities. Um, if they expect to conquer the world, you're going to expect that mentality. If you expect to be average, you know, et cetera. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, I would say it's true among the goalkeeping side too. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree hundred percent. It's, it's what, you know, now um, a certain amount of that more than we probably know, Amanda is self-driven, you know, because I think you get to a certain point in not just in goalkeeping, but in, in, in life where you, you expect to, you expect, you want to be, if you want to be the best that you can be, not the best, because how do you quantify that? You know, um, but if you want to be the best that you can be, then you're constantly making sure that you're preparing for each day or each event. And, um, and along with that preparation, as you mentioned, is, you know, if you're in a group and their expectations are high, you will rise to it. If their expectations are spotty, you know, you will sink to the level of whatever it is, you know? And again, this is what I said earlier, right? If that's not, if that's, you know, if you, if you're happy with, you know, kind of just going along. Okay. Well then you're not, that's not really being a leader. That's being a follower, you know? Um, if you, if you, and let me prep, let me side, go on a side note here. You know, leadership now is kind of one of these really buzzword things. You know, everybody wants to be a leader, you know, yeah. and, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, fun, go out there and be a leader, you know, mm-hmm. um, what is the most important thing that a leader has to have? Character. Followers. 
Well, that too. Yeah, followers. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, the best determination of, of being yeah. a leader is do you have followers? Yeah. 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 It's like Good. it's like everybody wants to work on distribution. Okay, that's great. Let's work on distribution. But the first thing you've got to have for distribution is the ball. True. You know. So you so, got to. Okay. Let I I want to expand on this because I want your perspective with social media. I've got twenty thousand followers. <laughs> I'm the number one goalkeeping coach or I'm the number one content creator or I'm the number one of drills or whatever. How do you separate true leadership in the 21st century or whatever in this, this age, right? The social media age from, from real followers to um, what appear to be real followers on social media. Like, and, and because to me, those followers can be bought, they can be fake accounts, they can be real people, or they can just be people that are want to be entertained or they're right. fans. So right. how do you, how, what is the true determination in today's world of being a leader? Because everybody's got followers. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think followers are, um, I read someplace that the average person has seven to 12 close friends, you know, that. you know, friends that you would share your deepest, darkest secrets with, or, you know, if you had to be on an Island, you know, these are the 10 or 12 people I would take with me, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and as you mentioned before, those people are probably similar expectations to you because that's, you, you know, that that's the common thread amongst, your group uh again maybe a team you know maybe a team and so you're the so you're the you're the goalkeeper or you're the leader of this group called a team okay there's 23 players on it um you know in a team situation like that you lead i think by example you know you can be rah-rah that's that's important because you have to sometimes you know, you have to sometimes spur the cattle and get them all going in the right direction, you know, but uh, for the most part, you're leading by example. Okay. And that's a day to day thing, you know, and, um, uh, and the followers you have on your social media, to me, that's kind of like spare change. You know, everybody got spare change in their car. Yeah. Right. Everybody got, it's like, you know, it's under the seats. It's in the little coin thing because you might go through a toll. But everybody got spare change, you know, in your car. And that's, you know, to me, that's your social media followers. You know, people that, you know, drifted by at some point and attached themselves to whatever you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but your your group of friends or your team, those are the people that, you know, and part of leadership is they get to see your weaknesses, you know, they get to see your struggle, you know, and they get to decide if this is somebody that, you know, I want to follow. Now we all want the whole team, you know, to be leaders in their own right, because everybody has a, a different strength that they can lead from, you know, and as a, as a coach, what you, I think what you try to do, and again, I'm, I'm a goalkeeper coach. I've never been a head coach, you know, I'm just saying, but I've seen a lot of head coaches, um, <laughs> you know, I think as a coach, you're trying to figure out how to get that group of people 
you know, how to get those parts of the engine all to work together best, you know, and, um, and so that takes a certain amount of planning and experimentation and, you know, humility and being able to say, oh, that was a good idea, but it didn't work out and moving things around as the season goes on. You know, um, when I was coaching at Duke University in 1986, we went on a run and won a national championship. Now, the crazy thing is, during our playoff games, we started six of our 11 players were reserves. Mm. You know, but, and they were, you know, they were all, they all had their strengths. They all had their weaknesses. But the funny thing was, is that most of them were seniors or juniors. And they had gotten to the point where, you know, we won our first playoff game, which was important. That's the hardest playoff game. Anytime you, anybody who's ever been in playoffs, toughest, toughest game is the first game. And these guys just decided, you know what, we can do this and we're not going to be denied. So now we had 11 leaders on the team, you know, who were willing to work together and follow one another when they needed to, you know, and sometimes, sometimes in a situation like that, the leadership changes on a weekly basis, you know, whoever had the last best game or whoever did the last best thing, or, you know, whoever seems to be on the proper path, you kind of follow them, you know? Uh, and that's the beauty of sports. The beauty of sports is you play every week. You figure out if you know what you're doing every week, you know, you know, business is different, you know, business, you may not know for a year. You may not know for four years, five years, you know, I think Amazon went 20 years before it became profitable, you know, I mean, so you don't know, you just keep plugging. And, uh, but in sport, it's great because you figure out pretty quick, you know, was I successful? Uh, you know, and um, I think leadership, just like playing, you can't be perfect at it. No one's ever going to achieve perfect leadership. But you, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I've, I've, I think you share leadership, particularly in a team situation. I think you share leadership. Uh, and, um, you know, I used to say every every college team has six good players. They have six good players, right? You know, if you you know if you had an indoor tournament, you'd have a bunch of really good teams because everybody's got six good players. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But the difference comes when you're playing other teams is your your number seven through eleven players. You know, do you have the best seven through eleven number? you know, seven, number seven to number 11 players. If you do, you're probably going to win, you know? So how do you make seven through 11, you know, you want them, you want them to catch up to one through six, right. And you want them to work hard every day and all the, all the coaching cliches. Right. Uh, and at the end of the year, if you're lucky, those guys have bought in or those girls have bought in and you, off you go in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if you get a, you know, you, it's funny, you know, you look at a lot of playoff teams and a lot of even, you know, college pros, whatever, um, you occasionally have your, your dominant team that goes through the whole season and, you know, just coast you know, wins, but you also have your teams that sort of catch fire during playoffs and get on a roll, you know, and, and those are the ones that are a most 
difficult to play against if you're playing against them and B, you know, have success because their confidence is increased all part of leadership. Right. And every, every game that they win in playoff uh, setting increases that confidence and, and it feeds on itself, you know, um, you know, but I think, you know, uh, if it's possible, I think if it's possible to be a leader and a follower at the same time, which I think it is, you know, you just have to pick your spots and you have yeah. to know, you know, you have to have a group that's willing to lead and you have to have yeah. a group that's willing to, you know, on a certain day say, yep, they're leading today. I'm following, but I'm working, I'm, I'm busting my ass to, to be there as part of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, the timing and knowing your place is so, so huge. And so, so many respects, you know, um, I, yeah. Well, Evie, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. This was, this is, this was great. I enjoyed it tremendously. Likewise. So, and, and, and whatever Bush tells you is mostly true, but not all true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to see him here in about 20 minutes with the group. Should okay. I, should I, should I ask for any stories on his part? Uh, None that the, none that you could share with the group. That would have to be something <laughs> uh, later on that we share private. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So. <laughs>